This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Available every day during the Cricket World Cup. This is the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. That's it. The West Indies have retained the title. There's a mix-up. Here comes Van Bunga, up to Walter Herschel gives it short, he goes for it, it's over the boundary, it's six sixes in the over. Australia have emphatically won their fifth World Cup by seven wickets. Hello, I'm Jonathan Agnew, welcome to the Test Match Special podcast on the eve of the 2019 Men's Cricket World Cup. Coming up in this podcast, we'll report on the World Cup opening party in the Mall. We'll hear from South Africa's coach, Otis Gibson. And in a moment, I'll be speaking to England's captain, Owen Morgan. The TMS Podcast, available every day during the Cricket World Cup. Owen, I wonder how, how relieved you are that finally you're almost ready to go. Uh, yes. Um, uh, the anticipation has been building for some time. Our preparation has been building for so- some time. And uh, we're ready. Um, you know, the first game of a World Cup always feels different. So the first day of a, an Ashes series or or anything of that magnitude. Um, so naturally, I think it will feel different. But to get off and running, I think is is something we're itching to do. Yeah. How are you going to try and keep things? Therefore, if it does feel different, how are you going to try and keep things normal? So you just go out and play the way you have been. Yeah, I, d- I don't think things will feel normal. I think accepting that it will feel different and focusing on short term as opposed to looking too far ahead. You know, try and stay in the moment as much as you can and only control what's in front of you. Um, I think is important for our guys. Yeah. As far as fitness is concerned, I mean, for, you've got a bit of tape on there still. How, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, this is only precautionary for fielding. Um, it, it felt good. I batted um, for about a half an hour before the Afghanistan warm-up game. It, it, it felt better, and day on day, it's, it's, it's obviously gotten better. So I'll, I'll be fully fit for tomorrow. Good. And, and the others? Yeah, every we've uh, full bill of health, uh, so 15 to select from. Right. And that's tough, isn't it? I mean, how, how do you leave those, those fellas out? You've all been together for so long, with the exception, of course, of Joffre. But I mean, to, to leave people out who've been on this journey is tough. Yeah, it is. I think that the, the beauty of this is everybody is collectively working towards that one goal. Uh, and that's doing our best to, to try and win the World Cup. And on any given day, uh, hopefully myself and the, the selectors can select the final 11 that will give us the best chance of winning a game on any given ground against any given opposition. We still need to perform really well, um, but everybody within the 15 knows that. Everybody's saying your favourites. I've just heard Faf to proceed down there saying, oh, England are favourites. Is that a bit of a tactic? Or, or, do you believe your favourites to win? Uh, yeah, I think we do. Um, I think the, the tag is there for a reason. The, the level of performance that we've produced, particularly at home over the last two years in particular, has probably lended us to being the favourites. Uh, that might change throughout the tournament. Um, we'll more than likely come up against some difficult challenges and difficult games that we'll lose and have to come back from. Um, but certainly going into the tournament, it sits fine with us. Yeah. As far as South Africa is concerned, there's no Dale Steyn, of course, which uh, won't upset you too, too much. Uh, underachievers at this in World Cups, as we know, but still, it's a pretty tough start. Yeah, it is. Um, they always have a strong side, regardless of the performance that they've put in previous to a World Cup. Um, 
probably missing guys like A.B. de Villiers and things like that. But they do have a very reputable team, guys like de Kock, Amla, Duplessis, Rabada, uh, very much household names when it comes to all three formats of the game. So they're a very strong team. I sat here as, as a very old fast bowler the other day, Owen, watching Roy and Bairstow batting. OK, against Afghanistan. But I thought, where, where do you bowl to these guys? Now, are, are they going to play like that against everybody? Or are there going to be times they're going to be more measured? I'm, I'm actually thinking of the opening game. I mean, are they going to come out and play like that in those first 10 overs against everybody? I think the, the intent will be there, whether uh, the shots or, or the performance allows them to play like that will be determined by how well the opposition play and the, and the wicket, of course. But our game has been geared towards you know, pushing ourselves to the limit the whole time. And if that means sitting in for five overs at any given stage, everybody right down from 1 to 11 knows that they have you know, full trust of the change room in order to do that. And equally, if they feel like pushing the button, they still have the full backing of the change room to do that. Yeah, I mean, and that does take real confidence, doesn't it? To, to, to know that you, you can do it and get out and, and well, not get a telling off or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's uh, that, that whole mentality has seen us go through a, a massive learning curve because you actually learn more about yourself and the limits that you put on yourself and the mistakes that you make and the onus that it is on yourself. So you almost become a better coach of yourself within that. And, you know, Trevor Bayliss has always said that the best coaches you that to come out of your playing career are the guys that you play with and to have that one mentality that we're all playing with we're all learning this as we go along uh, probably over the last four years but have continued to get better and created a healthier environment for guys to learn we talked about trying to keep things normal you don't always go to buckingham palace the day before (laughs) before a one-day match now what's what's going on there who who are you going to meet yeah i think we're meeting uh, her majesty the queen this afternoon which is quite special um, all the captains, I think, are going for a, a launch party or reception. Um, but I think we're meeting her, which is quite very exciting. What are you going to say to her? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm thinking about asking her about her horses, to be honest. Oh, yeah, she, she, she might have a runner, a couple of runners at, at Royal Ascot this year. Uh, she does enjoy her, her horse racing. She's obviously spent a lot of time in the breeding side of it. So thinking about that. But, you know, something else might come out at the time. We'll see. Good luck, and good luck this summer. I mean, it's it, it's a huge opportunity for English cricket, isn't it? It is. It's it's massive. You know, Ashes and World Cup year. Uh, there's a great feel about things at the moment. Hopefully that continues. Um, as a team, we're extremely excited about giving it absolutely everything and whatever happens, happens. The TMS Podcast, available every day during the Cricket World Cup. Well, I wonder if Owen Morgan did chat horses with Her Majesty. Let's speak to Dean Wilson from the Daily Mirror. He's been part of the podcast uh, all winter. That's rather nice. A line, isn't it, actually? <laughs> Dean going to speak horses with Her Majesty the Queen. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think, uh, I mean, Owen has long said that he never expected to be captain of England at a, at a home World Cup. I don't think he ever expected to meet Her Majesty no. at all. So uh, I think it just kind of you know, goes along with how special this whole situation is. The World Cup at home, an England team in great shape, lots of confidence, lots to be happy about. And yeah, having a little chat about the, the nags with her madge is, uh, is is a nice way to get it started. Special, but also he was very keen to say that he's, they want to keep things as normal as possible. And, and that's, that's not normal to go to Buckingham Palace for a game. But I wonder, I mean, that is clearly how England are trying to play it, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that England have managed to get themselves into this position, they they all know their roles, they know how they train, they know exactly 
what it takes to go into a game, whether it's a you know a World Cup game or even just a, a series. Um, so they've got all that covered. But I think where Owen is really quite a, an impressive leader is that he's also open uh, and willing to embrace the unexpected and to and and to not get worried about things that may be slightly different. He's he's given the players enough uh, confidence and, and responsibility, I guess, in their own games to be able to cope with whatever's thrown at them. So yeah, even though they're going to the the, the palace and there's going to be lots of different messages and you know people who come out of the woodworks looking for tickets and all those sorts of things you know things will be different around this world cup but he's telling the players to embrace it enjoy it you know make that a part of the experience that you're able to look back on because he's confident and he knows that the players have done exactly what they need to to get their cricket in the right shape and that's the important yeah. thing and they must give Joffrey Archer, I mentioned here. I mean, to come into the team at such short notice and to show well, such maturity as well. I mean, he, I think he's the most relaxed debutant I watched against Ireland that, that I've ever seen. But to come straight in and, and, and to be an instant pick and to play as he has, this is a very talented young cricketer. It's hugely talented. Um, I, I do agree that he does appear to be um, incredibly relaxed and, and, and taking it in stride. But I think that maybe is a little bit deceptive because there's no question that he's got a real you know, backbone and, and steel behind him because, he, you know, he's made this journey. You know, think about what it must be like for a young lad to, OK, he's, he's set his heart on um, being a professional cricketer, but he's left his home, he's left his family to come over to England, you know, and set himself up. OK, he's had, you know, Chris Jordan there as a real supportive mm. mentor and, and, and best friend. But, you know, he's done a lot of this on his own. He's worked really hard to get here. So that he might seem really relaxed, you know, to, to all of us on the outside, but there's no doubt in my mind that this is a guy who's got a real character a real backbone and is really able to produce you know what we've seen so far on the field which is high quality performance yeah. and it's nice to hear Owen Morgan actually say yeah I think we are favourites rather than so often hear oh well, you know we like to come up from behind and so on but actually hearing an England captain saying that and to hear Faf de Plessis talking about well England is such an aggressive team I mean it really shows Huge advances that have been made in four years. Yeah, incredible, really. Um, you, you sort of wonder sometimes whether or not, you know, ha whether things would have been different had they not had such success so early on. You know, they took mm. this approach uh, in that series against New Zealand they, and they all kind of um, hark back to it uh, as to, you know, how that was the kind of starting gun for, for what came after. And, you know, if they'd been bowled out for, you know, 200 and yes. 250 rather than the sort of the 380s and 400s that they, they were getting... Um, um, how how difficult that would have been for them to kind of keep going. So, um, look, that's kind of, you know, what's and maybes and, and wherefores, whatever. But the fact is that they've they've gone on this road, they've stuck to the plan, they've had faith in the players who, who play this way, guys like Jason Roy, um, obviously Joss Butler and Moeen Ali, you know, a couple of them who were a part of the World Cup in four years ago. So we can't just say that this is a totally new team and totally new players. There's still a little bit um, of kind of hurt from that, four year, from that period four years ago. Um, but they've brought it all together. Um, they've kind of come to the boil, you know, at just the right time. And, and I think... Unlike perhaps the rugby team back in 2003, who you felt were, were at the peak, but just kind of holding on to their peak mm. before going over the other side. I still feel like this is an England team on the up with more to, to achieve and more um, uh, to, to, to come from them. Um, and I think we'll see it out, out there in, in the middle during this World Cup. Yeah, but you can't kind of answer my question. I mean, the, the nation expects, does, does Dean Wilson expect? 
Dean Wilson always expects, and and the thing is, Dean Wilson really expects, you know, more of of himself than anybody else. Um, but as far as the team goes, yeah, um, I've seen a lot of cricket, a lot of one day cricket uh, over the years. Um, no England team has excited me more. Um, no, no England team has got me turning up at a ground. No England team's played like this. Well, no, they haven't played like this, and 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 expecting to see them win you know that that's the other thing quite often you you know you turn up to watch an, an England team and you're just not quite sure what, what you get um but this this side has has been a, a a joy to cover over the last four years they've been entertaining uh, they've been open they've been engaging they've been everything really that you'd want from a, a national side and I just hope for them for all the hard work that they've put in and, and, and all the joy that they've given us over, over the last four years that there's still, you know, at least six weeks more uh, to come. From BBC Radio 5 Live, this is the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Let's look at the opposition. Stefan Schemelt has been speaking to the South African coach and the former England bowling coach, Otis Gibson. Do you know better than most how to prepare for a World Cup in England? I wouldn't say better than most. I guess, you know, if you're English, um, you, you know exactly what to do, and especially the way they're playing. I guess they know what they're doing. Um, but it's nice for me to bring a, a, another team here, considering, you know, the knowledge uh, and the experience that I have in England. And hopefully that knowledge and experience will, will come through over the next six weeks. Do you know better than most how to prepare to play? against England <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought that's where you were going look at you know I've, I've had two stints with England it's you know it's no secret and I've enjoyed both of them um, you know and I know a lot of the guys in the dressing room the, the, the style of play that they've uh, you know that they've, they've had the way they're playing at the moment um, 2015 when Farby took over I was I was very much in, involved in that for the first two years you know they've they've gone on two years since I've left and and took it a step further almost you know so but I I, I have a a little bit of insight into the mindset um, and hopefully we can we can prepare really well for them look we won't go into the history of South Africa mm. and the World Cup but can you tell us a little bit about the expectation maybe back in South Africa going into this tournament well, South Africa is a sports mad country, and, and um, you know rugby's won the World Cup already, and uh, the whole nation is is rooting for for the cricket team to do the same thing and win the World Cup. And you know we believe that we've got a team that is capable of winning the World Cup. Um, we just have to keep that belief going uh, and, and put it out on the field. You know, it, in the dressing room, it is it is one thing, but it has to come out on the field in the way that we play, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we perform. And if we perform to our to our capabilities, then we believe that we have a, a group of players that are definitely capable of winning the World Cup for South Africa. You say the whole country's rooting for the cricket team. Do you feel a, a pressure to deliver that first World Cup? <laughs> I don't feel pressure at all. I think it's, you know at the end of the day, it's just cricket. If we play well enough to win, then I'm quite sure that we we could win. Um, and if we don't, uh, life goes on. Eh? You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, but we feel we feel very capable of, of, of doing of doing just that. We feel very capable of winning the World Cup, and uh, like I said, the way we carry ourselves and the way we perform over the next six weeks will determine that. You said you enjoyed your time with England. There's a vacancy going at the end of the summer. <laughs> Would you like to come back? I live here, so there you go. That's your answer. <laughs> I live in I live in England. I've been living in England for over 20 years now, so. 
that's your answer. And are you prepared for your name to be linked with the job? It's something that will yeah. come up, especially amongst English cricket fans yeah. as, summer, as the summer progresses. Well, my, my contract is up in September, so there you go, you know. I've been, I've, I'm happy to be linked with any job because I, I, after September I might not have a job, so there you go. Well, that's Otis Gibson with uh, Stefan Schemelt. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Natalie Gimanos, who will be part of the TMS team throughout the World Cup. And like everyone else, Natalie, I guess you're razor sharp and ready to go. Uh, hopefully razor sharp and ready to go. The plane ride over here tired me out a little bit, but I'm looking forward to the day. Tell me about South Africa. I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, are they still embarrassed a bit about their World Cup record and what's happened in the past? Or is that dead and buried? Well, it is a question that's been asked of him a lot in the lead-up to this World Cup. And Otis Gibson has said he feels no. He says he's tried to create an atmosphere where they're more relaxed. It's about having fun and not trying to be superhuman. It's being going out there, doing your best, but enjoying the game. And Faf Duplessis has said exactly the same thing. And I think they've just about managed to get away from most of it. But some of it, obviously, it's always going to be there. It's going to linger a little bit. Yeah. And at home, you know, do people, again, have a bit of faith in this team? I think they do have faith in them because they enjoy the youngsters that have come through, the likes of Kakiso Rabada and Aidan mm. Markram, and they look at those youngsters and think, well, there's a bright future for South Africa. But you always hear, obviously, the criticism that comes through. Look what they've done in World Cups. Let's hope they at least get through to the final this time. Those comments will always come up. But I think the faith is there, and especially because of Faf Duplessis, but in a way, I guess they miss A.B. de Villiers as well. So that also always comes up. You know, we don't have A.B. Maybe we're not going to be good enough. So I think the, the faith is there, but it's not an all-round 100% we're behind you sort yeah. of South African type of attitude, as we call it, yes, in South Africa. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting listening to Duplessis. I mean, it seemed to me like he was deliberately trying to keep aspirations under the radar, realistic, should we say. He said today also, leading up to the game, that he would prefer to be not be the favourites necessarily. There's not a lot of talk about South Africa and he feels that's a better way for them to go into the tournament. They can just come into it relaxed and maybe surprise who one of the one of the favourites in England, maybe one of the favourites. Mm. Um, and they feel that that's the better way to go about it. And they feel that's better for the, the style of play and for his leadership as well. Now, Dale Steyn, we have watched him actually bowling in the nets a bit today, so it, it doesn't look as if he's sort of fatally ruled out of the World Cup, but it's, it's a real blow that he's not playing in this first game. It is a blow because you don't quite know the extent of it. I mean, it's a shoulder problem that's been there for a while, and it's a bit of a freak injury as well. It's not a normal shoulder problem. So they've obviously been working on him really hard. He's seen a specialist as well when he went back home after the IPL, and they say he's coming along. He just hasn't come along enough. And he may only play against India, which is South Africa's third game already. Mm. So that is a concern concern as to whether or not he'll be ready but if South Africa get off to a good start and he does get ready obviously that works in South Africa's favour. And so the implications selection wise what, what, what are you expecting? I'm expecting they're going to bring in somebody like Chris Morris. I would think he would come in for Dale Steyn and probably even open the bowling as well for South Africa. He's done it before. He's done it quite successfully. The question is, who's going to be bowling at the death? They have enjoyed using Dale Steyn at times at the death, so now they've got to change that around a little bit. And as to who is going to sort of come in as that strike bowler, it'll put a lot of pressure on Kahi Sorobada to now do yeah. everything. And I think that's a little concerning for South Africa because he's had his own injury problems as well. And it's a lot of pressure to put on a youngster. But I think Chris Morris, he gives you a little bit of an X factor. Yeah. Bar is interesting. I mean, he's had to grow up so quickly, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you think he made his debut just after the 2015 World Cup against Bangladesh, he took a hat trick. He's got the best figures for South Africa in the one day internationals. And somehow he's just done it seamlessly. And if you talk to him, he's uh, sort of very unassuming character, very quiet, and he likes to spend time by himself. He says it's difficult to go to the shop and buy a loaf of bread nowadays because everybody knows who he is. But he's just come into it so beautifully and so easily as well. It, it, it's almost like the pressure never gets to him. He looks very relaxed. 
relaxed on the field. Um, but he's uh, put together performances that obviously have won games for South Africa and big ones as well. Mm. And a couple of players we probably won't see again after this. Hashim Amla, uh, Imran Tahir, the oldest man in the tournament, of course, but still plenty of energy. Absolutely, plenty <laughs> of energy indeed. We're going to have the retirements of JP Dumini and, and Imran Tahir. They've already said they will retire from the one-day format. And Tahir wants to carry on with the T20s. JP might as well and play some T20 leagues around the world, but he's not going to play domestically. Um, Hashim Amla, I think he wants to carry on a little bit longer. I don't, we're not going to see him at another World Cup. It's yeah. highly unlikely, but he says he wants to carry on a little bit longer. He's got a central contract with CSA as well. So we'll probably see him carrying on, maybe even in the test format as well. But, um, yeah, I think he knows that the time is near. And realistically, just a last thought, where, where do you see South Africa going? Can you see them qualifying for the semis? I can definitely see them qualifying for the semis. From a point of view of competition, obviously it's very strong in this in this format and some of the teams are, are really closely matched as well. I feel that the leadership of Faf Duplessis and the way he's led the team in the last few years has put them into a really good position. And he's he just his man management skills are excellent. He knows how to manage each of the players and he brings out the best in them without putting too much pressure on them. And I feel from South Africa's point of view, they could definitely make the semis and maybe surprise some people who think that there's no chance of them making the finals. I think that we could see them on, on the finals on the 14th of July. Lovely, thanks Natalie. Well, I better dash because like Owen Morgan, I'm due at the Palace for the opening World Cup party. The TMS Podcast, available every day during the Cricket World Cup. So we've made it down from the Oval to uh, the Mall where the opening ceremony is taking place and guess what? It's raining uh, and it has been all afternoon. I feel so sorry for the organisers. There's an enormous white inflatable cricket ball set in the, in the middle of the Mall. All the flags are flying from every nation taking part in the World Cup. Lots of legends, uh, former players, have been put up for us to, to chat to. So uh, you'll be hearing shortly from, well, Viv Richards, Kevin Peterson, Mahela Jar-Wardner, Pat Cash. Interesting comments he made about uh, about the Australian cricketers at the moment. Jacques Callis, Johan Blake, the sprinter, Azza Ali. Let's start, though, with Love Island's Chris Hughes. I was speaking to KP earlier, and I think oh. the weather's OK tomorrow, so I've, so I've been rumoured, but... Um, yeah, we'd rather it rain today than tomorrow. We? we don't want any delays. So, but you're you're playing today, aren't you? Yeah, we're playing today. Yeah, we just had a little practice. Hit. We got a game at five o'clock, and uh, yeah, I'm teamed up with Peterson. So we're going to give it a spank for the uh, for the England boys and hopefully go well. Right, yeah, it's a good you, bit of fun. Because it is. Well, I mean, you, you do you do play cricket at a reasonable level, don't you? Yeah, I used to. Um, I was at Gloucester. I played county level for four years when I was younger, and then I played district cricket after that and played locally at my local club, Bolton Vale, in the Cotswolds and. Yeah, really enjoy it. No, it's a great game and, yeah, love playing it. I miss it, actually, because I don't get to play it as often as I used to, obviously, because Saturdays with working commitments. But, no, I absolutely love the sport and I'll be getting my way down to as many games as I can over, well, over the next month and a half. And look who's here, Kevin Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Long time! I know, and you're playing. You're playing today. I'm playing in the rain. I wouldn't have played normally, but, uh, yes, playing in the rain. And uh, I don't play golf in the rain. I guess no, why no, the hell am I playing cricket? I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> so do you, what are the rules in this? It's playing on the, on the mall. Oh, it's, it doesn't happen very often, you know. Six and out. Six and out. <laughs> Story of my career. When did you last hit a ball? Uh, when did I last hit a ball? Uh, uh, PSL. No, I played gully cricket. I played a lot of gully cricket in India during the IPL. Right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just it's, it's uh, playing gully cricket? Gully cricket is just jumping in, jumping out of a car, walking into a street, and just taking part in a, a couple of street with the, with the kids on the street. And uh, yeah. it's one of those experiences where you... Um, You'd look, you look at it, you think about it, you talk about it, and I just thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out of my car and I'm going to go and play cricket with kids on the street. And it was amazing. What sort of ball? They, they were so good. Really? It was tennis balls, but the, um, 
the talent was, uh, was, was remarkable. I hardly hit a ball. They knocked me over that many times. I wasn't very good. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's the sort of enthusiasm we want here, isn't it? I mean, do you think this summer, it'll never be quite like it is in India here, of course, mm. but do you think this is a summer, a real opportunity for English cricket to, I don't know, find some new life, mm. find, find a new spark? Um, I guess I hope so. Um, I think England needs to win. I think we found that spark in 2005 when we won that Ashes series. You can talk about it, you can think about it, you can cry about it, you can scream about it, you can play this wonderful game, but unless you win, it's just going to filter off. Um, the difficulty is there's some big football coming up, the European Championship, the, Euro, the, the Champions Trophy, uh, the what's it called, the Champions League final on Saturday. So when you're up against those kinds of big football tournaments, then... Then there's, then there's issues to try and find the back pages. We were lucky in 2005. We found those front pages, those middle pages, those back pages. But um, the opportunity's there. Yeah. The opportunity's there. They're number one ranked uh, in one-day cricket. So uh, they, they should go ahead and, and do the business, whether they will, with the pressure and with everybody in England and the media saying they've already won the tournament. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that difficult, do you think, when people yeah. are talking up like that? Yeah, it is. It is difficult. Uh, trial by media. Um, it is. It's very, very difficult. So, yeah, that home ground advantage is something uh, where the guys are able to get away and go home in between games. So that definitely helps. But also, you know, when you realise, you know, realise when you're finished, that actually when you're at home, even then you, when you're in the middle of a tournament, you're not at home because mentally you're still on the game. So you don't give your family that home time. And I know now finished that when you're at home, you're at home. Um, mentally at home, you're engaged with what's at home. Um, but those little breaks are going to be key and vital for England to just go back and get their uh, get their energy. Yeah. But the one thing that stands England in great stead is that they have a captain and a, and a backing staff that that allow them to fail, and they backed when they fail. And I think that's just been the point of difference over the last few years. So joined now by Jacques Callis, of course, uh, one of the leading all-rounders of our of our generation. But now uh, boots hung up and watching <laughs> spectating-wise, what are you expecting from South Africa? I mean, they're starting it all off against England, of course. Yeah, I think for the first time they come to a tournament where they, they haven't got the favourites uh, label around their neck. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great space for them to be in. Um, look, within the change room and that, I'm sure that they'll have the belief that they can win it. Um, so that, they'll have their own pressures. But it's nice that they don't have those pressures from the outside. And playing against probably the, the favourites in England tomorrow, um, they'll be in a very different place where they'll have a lot of pressure on them. So it's a good time to catch them. Um, but they're a good side, England. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great start and it'll be nice to judge, for South Africa to judge where they are in terms of the tournament. Yeah, Explain pressure to me, Jacques, because it's interesting. If it, I mean, Owen Morgan says, yeah, we're favourites. So they they, they're accepting that they are. Is, is that a good thing, to, if you're in that position, to play with that confidence or is there always that little worry that something could, could creak and give way? Um, I think they're a good enough side to, to be able to go out there and say that we are our favourites and um, they probably are, to be fair. Uh, they've played some really good cricket. They're a well-balanced side. The guys know their roles, so... Um, nice to see the, that they've accepted it um, but you know cricket's a funny old game yeah. you know, all sports when you play in these big tournaments um, things don't always go according to plan and I'm sure along the way there'll be one or two tough uh, situations that they'll be in so it'll be interesting to see how they play those uh, situations and, and how they come out and, and how they deal with it. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, whatever happens tomorrow, the, the team's all out of it. I mean, if, whoever wins or loses tomorrow. That's the nice uh, thing about this format is that you know, the sides that are consistent over the tournament will, will go through and if you have one or two bad games, it's not going to set you back and knock you out the tournament. So I like the format. It, you know, it gives the best sides the, the best opportunity to, to making it through. Well, joined now by a true World Cup legend, Mahela Jar Wardner from Sri Lanka, of course. I'll always remember that lovely innings of yours and Mumbai, Mahela, it wasn't quite enough. Does it, do you still look back on that in anguish? Yeah, I mean, 
to be honest like right now you know probably almost 10 years later i look at it and said you know it was something special but like you said you know it would have been brilliant if you had managed to cross the line yes. but we came across against a very good indian at um unit um that day and and they were better team um but we've enjoyed each and every opportunities we had in the world cups and and that group of players that sri lanka had you know we were very consistent through a period of you know 15 years or so so thoroughly enjoyed all those uh, memories and um right now it's about the current crop and and uh, looking forward to a very good world cup in england yeah how how do you feel about sri lanka at the moment there's a lot going on behind the scenes as well isn't there i mean i'm not going to drag you into the sort of the corruption side of things but that it, it, it feels a bit unsettled at the moment sri lankan cricket well sri lankan cricket has always been unsettled so one good thing is like usually the team finds their own way to to come out of that and and perform so i've got money on them doing the same thing um yeah, we've got a good group in the sense we've got some experienced players so on their day they are match winners and and they just need to come to the party i mean in a format like this you need four five wins to get to that top four slot so take one game at a time and see where the opportunities are um you know and and then play the brand of cricket that Sri Lanka is used to playing you know rather than doing something different so i i still have a lot of confidence in the boys um just put everything behind of themselves what has happened in the last you know 3 4 months and just concentrate on this tournament the next 6 weeks um be brilliant yeah i was watching uh, jason roy and johnny best the other day playing in the warm up game against afghanistan and i immediately went back to jar suri and kalavatarana because that that was kind of the way that they started things off in that 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 famous world cup no absolutely i think uh, england has found a really good formula especially when it comes to the 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 batting group a uh, uh, really good uh, mix match of you know players with different ability who understands their roles in the in the unit so they've been playing some really good cricket you know you just have to continue to do that in a in a home world cup you know that's going to be the big question can they you know keep themselves calm and you know execute a, a good world cup and execute that for 6 weeks um but you know they've done it in the past in the last and they'll they'll be definitely one of the favorites to to go all the way and and the guys who are doing that at the top the middle order and and the bowlers quite excited to see jofra getting opportunity as well yes. that gives them that bit of x factor in that uh, bowling attack so so far you know they look uh, the real deal but you still have to execute the TMS podcast at the cricket world cup people who watched the test match special match of a couple of years ago remember someone coming in running in about 100 yards to bowl the first ball you ran in a bit faster than you bowled Joe and if i'm honest but you you you're still a serious cricketer aren't you yeah definitely i still played um, and and I'm, i'm happy to be here you know to um for this wonderful world cup you know one of the biggest in cricket i'm happy to be here and how about the windies because we i'm i'm backing them you know i think they're going to go well in this tournament they're going to do really well you know um i think to be honest it's going to be a surprise world cup because no one everybody in great form to be honest and to see westnes play like that yesterday in the warm up game they're in great touch the ball in a little bit shaky but they're in great touch yes. chris gale now, there he is he's not running as fast as you did johan let's be honest but do you think he's going to play a big part in this world cup definitely he's going to play a big part um, i said to him um, i'm looking for 300s oh right yeah um, i think i want him to top the scoring because i think this is going to be his last world cup and he want to leave it with a bang and he's looking in immaculate touch um he's hitting the ball pretty well from the ipl and coming over um he's in scintillating form yeah. 
How, how important is it for the West Indies? I mean, we're obviously very fixed here in England about this summer here, but for the West Indies cricket, we saw when, when West Indies beat England in the Test Series, a definite reigniting of interest and passion for cricket in the West Indies. Are you getting a sense of that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm happy what they did. They fired everybody on the board and, and new persons in, so I'm happy for that. Um, the West Indies, they were in great spirit. The chemistry is good. Um, I see how they play England in, in the Test match and in the one day. I saw to where the guys Guys are in great spirit, so um, I'm happy. Here's a bit of a bolt from the bluest Pat Cash uh, with your Aussie shirt on. I do indeed. Yeah. Now, are you, are you a cricket man, Pat? <laughs> I am. Yeah. yeah I've, I've grown up um, watching cricket. Actually, it was probably my number two sport. Aussie rules was number one. Uh, is for a lot of a lot of us in the uh, in Melbourne. And yeah. Uh, yeah, cricket was number two. Tennis was tennis. Came, yeah, came came a third, and I just. Being um, a seasonal sport, cricket and, and football, that tennis was sort of just bit by bit took over and took yeah. over, and uh, so always followed it. I mean, it was just a fantastic era to to sort of grow up with with Thompson and Lily oh, yeah. and the Chapels and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it was um, it was very exciting, uh, you know. And then and then of course there was um, you know the one day series started coming through. Kerry Packer yeah. brought all that in, and so it was it was really exciting to, to grow up in that sort of era and see that that the uh, and. I still love the test test matches and and uh, the one days I haven't really grasped the 2020 yet. Um, but uh, there's time, there's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what was the young Pat Cash? A bowler, a batsman? What, what did you do? Um, I did everything. I yeah. tried everything. Bowler, bowler or a batsman? You know, half a decent, half a decent eye. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like to to do both. Um, at uh, you know, a school captain team tapped in at the age of under 13s or whatever the hell it was so it was, wasn't exactly it was exactly That's top level okay. top level cricket but I probably could have gone there but I, I loved it you know I was first one if you got if you got to school early early enough you could get into into, into the nets oh an early That's, game yeah early yeah. well you just you, you know you'd bat you and bowl and, and, you, yeah. and uh, so I used to always get dropped off early get the equipment it bats out and the, and the ball and I was the first one there and I think my enthusiasm got me through the captaincy Though I didn't know how to place a field at, at that stage, I had to go through the old, <laughs> the, old the old book and, 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 and you know you got schoolboy cricket and you got seven slips, you know. <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> I didn't know, so well that's what the, these guys do. <laughs> yeah. How important is it for Australian sport and cricket that they they go well this, this summer, Pat? Do you think? I mean, after the year they've been through, uh, and you know the, the sort of destruction really of, of Australian cricket and the way that Australian sports fans have looked at their cricketers, how, how important is it that they go well? Well, you know, I think it's well, obviously hopeful, you know, but uh, you know, we 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 love our cricket. You know, this is what's um, most people have grown up like me have watched the cricket all, all summer. You know, the tennis comes on and off, and other sports do, but the cricket's just there. It's the, the TV's just on permanently, and 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 um, you know, we're we're a proud nation, and I, you know, I think we we're very very embarrassed by. You know what went on. Um, I think uh, you know. I think all the politicians everybody summed it up pretty well as a national disgrace. But you know, people make mistakes, and uh, you know, we move on. Um, but you know, it was a head-shaking moment for just about everybody. I think I don't know how many texts and tweets and everything. All my mates back home is going, "Can you believe what has just happened?" And we, you know, it was it was uh, it was embarrassing. But um, you know, we, we move on. We make mistakes, and and so I think um, you know. But I think. I think the guys involved are really keen to, to make amends, um, and uh, so you know, for, for us to come out, you know, they're going to get a hard time when they play here, um, and then to be honest, they deserve it. Uh, but they, you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll get on, and that's a good way for them to put their head down and, and really show show them show what what's up, what's uh, you know 
show what they're about as as, as sportsmen and. And, and it is. It'd be quite a challenge really personally, won't it? I mean, to, to, to oh, actually take yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely, 100%. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's not a bad thing. You just knuckle down and say, and it toughens you up. You know, it's when you play Davis Cup or whatever, as I have done away from home, and you've got the screaming people, the people screaming, and and every time you're just about to hit a serve, the whole, the whole crowd are coughing. Uh, you know, they're all doing all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, and... and it's not like they were in the we're in the middle of a field. We're about five feet away from the the crowd, so yeah. you know. But it toughens you up, makes you tougher. So, look, I think it's in, it's important that we we do well. It's um it's uh, it's one of our national sports, and you know I be, I believe that they uh, they will give it a real a real real crack. Plans go to Pakistan for you then, uh, and as Ali is here, fresh from success with Somerset, by the way, that was a thrilling victory for you. Please yeah, definitely. We are very pleased, and um, everyone was really happy because it was a big day for us, and uh, we won after a long time. Um, so. Um, everyone was really happy. Now let's talk about Pakistan because they've 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 had a, bit, a few problems, haven't they, re- recently? How, how do you see their chances in this World Cup? Well, obviously um, uh, we haven't played uh, up to our potential in, uh, in recent past, so yeah, it dented our chances. But I think the squad still have the potential to produce goods. So I still back my team, and um, uh, if they can peak at the right time, and I'm sure they can still lift the yeah. World Cup 2019. Well, the last time it was played this way, of course, Pakistan came almost from behind, actually. Way back in 92, you probably didn't born then, <laughs> to actually win it, the, the famous victory from Imran. So maybe maybe that'll be a, a, a good omen for you. Well, Pakistan is a team like that. They can, they can turn things around because we have done it in the past and... Uh, uh, I'm sure that um, um, we can do it again. Uh, psychologically, um, we can um, lift ourselves uh, because sometimes you know pe- teams who doesn't do well they they they, they kind of uh, don't pick themselves up uh, very well. But Pakistan is one of those teams where even though they're not going well, they can pick themselves up and uh, produce some magical performances. Tell me about the game against India because, unfortunately, Pakistan-Indian matches don't happen happen often enough uh, these days. But but Old Trafford, big open ground, it's going to be a great occasion, isn't it? Yeah, it's another um, opportunity for the fans to watch uh, Pakistan-India game and hopefully it'll be a good one. And uh, um, I always feel sports is um, above anything. And uh, whoever wins, I think it uh, we as sportsmen we would just want to watch uh, a very good game and hopefully. As a Pakistani, uh, at the end, we, I want to win. We want to win, but um, you know, it's 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 a very hard game to watch. Everyone, uh, both sides of the countries, uh, everyone watch, want their team to win. So it's a little bit extra pressure of that game, but hopefully, it's a good one. Yeah, but it's important to get <laughs> to get the two countries playing playing cricket again. Yeah, I think sports is um, bridges b- between countries, and I think. Uh, Personally, that uh, it's just sports just go on, and um, yeah, it's good for everyone. And, and last of all, our very, <laughs> our, our great friend Viv, Viv Richards. How are you feeling? It's freezing. Oh man, uh, what's new about this um, this climate? I know, I'm but it's great to be here. Great to be here. I'm sorry. I was watching those old highlights again the other day. It was raining somewhere, and there you were. Those amazing runouts, mm. the great West Indies teams mm. winning those early World Cups. It, they, they're pretty special these events, aren't they? It is, and because of the fact that. Um, is it four years that um, you you have a chance to to, to, yeah. to play? And I guess when you have uh, that opportunity, such little minimal chances of opportunities, whenever you get your chances, you must make good use of it. And all those who are assembled here for the World Cup, that's the way they should be thinking. That um, who knows, four years is a hell of a long time. You may never be here again or never even be picked. So now that you have it, 
you grab it with both hands because yeah. uh, you never know whether you'll be back. Yeah. And these and are some of the thoughts, I think, the thought process, that's how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, and how, about, how about the West Indies, Viv? I mean, they're making they're making, there's some good signs there, aren't they? Mm. I, I think we got a good, 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 good enough team. Um, I, I think we, um, we have a team that is powerful enough. And why, why, apart from maybe uh, a Chris Gale, you know, who, who is in the team at present, who may be a little bit immobile in the field at times, <laughs> th there are some other good guys who can make yeah. up for that. The Pollards, the, the, um, the Russells, and I, I just believe that it can be achieved, but they've got to believe that. Yeah. They've got to believe that. with Gale, isn't it? Mm. And how, how would you bat? Well, not you necessarily, but how, how would a batsman bat with Chris Gale at the moment, who, who can't run very fast, but he's just smashing sixes? I mean, it, it, it's, it's quite balanced, isn't it? Well, it isn't about maybe you're going to look and try and push for twos and threes no. and all that sort of stuff. That may be uh, uh, off, the, uh, off the, the, the list. But, but at present, I, I think um, some of the things that maybe because of Chris, and this would be his last um, tournament, I guess, there are things that you can motivate yourself for. And here's one of them. Oh, the world boss. Yes. <laughs> you know, the world boss is, uh, is making boss, a, the, or the universal <laughs> boss. It's, um, it's um, making a... He, he won't be here anymore. So we'd like to give him a good send-off. He himself maybe would like to, uh, to get a good send-off in terms of his performances and things like that. And I think that um, if he's focused enough... And if everyone tells me how good these wickets are at present, especially some of the practice matches, well, we are in, in for a hell of a tournament. Yeah. I was in your part of the world last week, Viv, and they're getting very excited about the World Cup. Are you, are you feeling that as well? I'm feeling it. I, I yeah. believe that we can do it. I believe we can do it. Uh, and if you notice, um, they're not making much noises. It's just they'll be quietly getting their things done when we lost that uh, practice match against Australia. There was a few talks at home. I listened to a few of the, sport, uh, the sports program. Yes. But then after that, um, they came back, what they did against New Zealand, yep. 4, 20, whatever. That's huge. But all this got to be, all this practice must be fulfilled at some point. But it's nice to be in a great frame of mind in order for you to accomplish these things. The TMS Podcast at the Cricket World Cup. So we're all set. Our coverage on Sports Extra starts at 7am with some special programmes ahead of the opening game. Don't forget every ball of every match will be live on Test Match Special with in-play video highlights via the BBC Sport website and app. Don't forget we'll have a TMS podcast every day of the tournament and also look out for special editions of the Doosra podcast and Tailenders. We can't wait. The TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app for a new episode every day.